Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. I um, had intended that we talk a little bit about uh, life groups this morning, and we're going to be launching life groups uh, a week tomorrow, so the week beginning the 21st of January, but there's some things that I'd just like to uh, focus on that are going to be a little bit later on in what I shared, but if you could put those, uh, the slides up if you've got them, Katie, thank you. So we're talking about life groups in 2019, that's not the background to Coronation Street, And uh, I am really, really excited about the new life groups. I'm really excited about what God is going to do in the life of the church, um, that there's going to be newness and freshness for all of us. I'm really stirred by that. I'm looking forward to meeting with my new life group. And uh, I'm looking forward to gate-crashing other people's life groups as well. Um, You know, for us, life groups are a really important part of, of how we get to encourage one another and, and spur one another on and help to refocus and recalibrate one another. Yeah. You know, it's because we've gathered this morning, the Holy Spirit has spoken into this gathering, hasn't he? He's led us this morning. And he's led us to a place where he wants us to remind ourselves of what's true. Because we're inundated with nonsense. We're inundated with bad news. We're inundated with all sorts of different things coming in that will try and shake us. And some things are real, genuine issues and problems and situations and circumstances we might be facing. But in the midst of those things, there's something for us to continually look towards and to recognize. And it's to understand who God is and who we are. And that's all about our identity, isn't it? Understanding who he is and who we are. And we need one another in that process. I've been blessed this morning. Have you been blessed by words that other people have brought this morning? The word that Andrew brought at the beginning, the word that Lauren brought, the exhortation that Russ brought, the way that Will has led us, a a word from somebody all the way over in the United States of America on a video, but you're inspired by that because we're part of the same body. We need one another. We fire one another up. We spur one another on. And that's why I love life groups. You can put the next slide up. So these are some of the some things we've already talked about, and I'm not going to dwell long on these, but just to say life groups are a key part of how we experience the life and growth and the excitement of being part of the body of Christ. It started way back in Acts at the birth of the church in Acts 2 and throughout the book of Acts, and it continues today. The large gatherings and the smaller life groups are foundational, they're not optional. We believe that we want every group to experience and exhibit life over any other agenda. You know, we, there'll be stuff that we'll put in to support the groups, but that every group carries life in its own life. That as we're changed, that we'll win people around us. That as we de- develop together, we, we grow, and, and actually we recognize that this group no longer can contain the number of people we need to multiply, and there needs to be more groups, and we flow and function with other groups as well. We talk a little bit about the crowd and the community. If you put the next slide on, how we need the larger gathering. They met in the temple courts and they met from house to house. And there's some things there that we've 
the principles of being in the larger gathering and being in the smaller gathering. And then the next one, please, you know, Will said this, whenever we meet together, we meet for purpose. And when we meet in our groups, we want there to be a sense of relationship developed. Hands up if you know every name of every person in the room right now. Hands up if you might look across the room and you wonder if you've ever seen that person before and they've probably been coming for the last nine years. <laughs> you know, sometimes I, you know, I, I, I've got a, I think I pretty much know, unless you're a visitor here today, pretty much know everybody here. But that's partly like what I'm here to do. For everybody else, that's quite challenging. And I get that, and we get that. But it is still great to come together and worship with people that you just think, we're joined together by more than just geography. Who was here last Sunday to hear what David had to share about the gospel that he's carrying and that we're a part of? And I just think, wow, we're part of something so big, so great, so wonderful. And that's fantastic. But also then that's got to be outworked, hasn't it, in the smaller setting. And that's why the groups are so important, that we share lives together, that we help one another and support one another. I'm gonna, there's going to be a few waving around, showing out. Hands up if you've been blessed by a life group that you've been in before. Practically, people have helped you in that group. Put your hands down. Hands up if you've been blessed and you're not even sure if any of the elders knew about it. Praise God. (laughs) You know, sometimes people have a view of the church where it's the, the elders and the pastors who do all the caring, but actually we know that we're here to pastor and shepherd and care for one another. The job of a pastor is to make God's people what? Pastoral, absolutely. And so that's wonderful to know that I've seen time and again care. Do you know what? Even life groups have been helping when life groups aren't even officially running. Did you know that? I got wind of that last week. Somebody grassed up and said... (laughs) That an old life group would help somebody else move house. Louise Warren, is that right? Where is Louise? Were you blessed by your old life group, Louise? It came in so many pairs of arms and legs and people coming to help you. You had more arms and legs than boxes. But I love to hear that. And we're not perfect. We've got a ways to go. But groups are a real part of our pastoral care and the way that we help one another. And again, it's not that the life group leader does everything, but we recognize as a group we're here to support one another. But the life group leader knows how people in their group are doing, and that's such a blessing for us as elders and those who are responsible for for the church pastorally. A place for discipleship and a place for mission. And then we put some other stuff up. Next slide, please, about the the types of groups. Talked about a shared focus. That's kind of a rough idea of the numbers. Led by people who are church members who embrace the gospel and our core beliefs and values, and that's so important for us. And uh, if you're not sure what they are, get a belonging book or dust your old one off. Because in there, that talks so much about what we believe about the nature and the mission of the church. We talk in there about the nature of the Word of God and how it's above all else. And it's, it's, it's inerrant and it's perfect and it's flawless and it's true and it's powerful. We believe in leadership and spiritual submission to, to God's delegated authority. We believe in good stewardship. Um, of finances and and our life and our time and that we we tithe and that we believe in the the Holy Spirit and he's come to give us gifts to move in. And God wants us to express life through prayer and worship, breaking bread and fellowship, and that we're here to express covenant and extend the kingdom of God. That sounds all right, doesn't it? That's the church, that's us. That was just like little smatterings of stuff, but... 
place where we want to invite friends, commit to for a period of time, and then be, enable there to be movement so that there's uh, opportunities for people to move between groups, that you don't feel like once you've signed up, you've signed up for life. A life group can just be for Christmas, not just for life. No, but for six months, and that there's, you might want to stay, you might want to move on, that nobody's offended by that. Can't believe they left my life group. Everyone is playing their part. And, and, and in the next slide, if you just pop up, these are the, the shared focuses that we've now got, now that people have come back to say the sorts of groups that they would like to lead. So we have groups that are based around geography or a location. We have groups that are about shared interest or passion or burden. Some around ministry and the life of the church. Some about demographics and, and stages of life. But we've also said this, that the groups might gather around a focus, but when the group gathers... The focus isn't the focus. Jesus is the focus. And that when we gather in our life groups, we don't cycle to the detriment of our time looking at the word together, praying together, that we don't do anything else at the expense of the word, fellowship, meals, breaking bread and prayer. Those are priorities when we gather together. And so the next slide. So here we go. We've got some of the groups, the groups of personal. Does everyone remember the old shot of um, photoshopped people that David described as beautiful? More beautiful. Anybody, more beautiful than that? Don't hold on to that, Chris. You've got to let that go. <laughs> he repented. I, I have to disagree, actually. I'm looking out and I'm thinking, this is a much better looking group. But geographic. So these are just a taste of some of the groups um, that we have going on. Has anybody, uh, so we've, we've, they're on the church website, available to look out there. There's one group in particular I'd just like to ask Mike if he would just highlight for us before I share a few points about um, how we really make these groups a, a real success. And that's this fast track one, which is on the third bullet point at the bottom there. What's the fast, gra- fast track group, Mike? Oh, thanks for asking, Rich. Um, <laughs> fast track is um, something we've come up with within the life group format because we want everything to be really simple. Um, but it is slightly different in that it runs as a course um, to help equip us to become more, um, more uh, b- better with the word, help us to equip ourselves, and really give us um, the skills that we need to be the best disciple that we can be. Um, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to run every two weeks on a Sunday morning from 8 till 9.45. Um, and uh, I don't know about you, but I've found in my life, if I don't make time for stuff, um, then finding time isn't uh, particularly easy. So I just wanted to say, you know, I know it's early um, for some people. For others, that's uh, been up for a few hours by that point. But um, it's at a time where not a lot of other stuff is going on for that reason. So that if you want to be a part of it, you can. It will be broken up, basically, into um, some different uh, modules that we'll look at, from personal devotions and spiritual disciplines to Bible study skills, and then we'll look at some doctrinal things about the kingdom, the church, restoration, covenant, the nature of God and the Holy Spirit. And then we'll look at some really practical aspects of being a disciple as well. So for us, the importance of being a disciple, how to make a disciple, and um, how to disciple a small group, and then finish up with how we then disciple the world. Um, and I just really want to invite you to consider this, to come along to this. Um, this doesn't have to be your primary life group. So if you'd like to be involved, you can go onto the website um, that you've been on before and sign up that way, or you can just drop me an email. But if you want to really be equipped to use the word for yourself and to 
and to get skills, not just knowledge, that will then allow you to go home to be with other people, to equip them with the word and to equip yourself, then I'd really recommend this to you. Um, there's going to be lots of different teachers. It's going to be really varied, really fun, and very interactive. So, um, yeah. Thank you. So that's, that could be your life group if you choose it to be so for the next six months. It will run for six months. Or it can be on top of extracurricular. And uh, if you'd like to be involved in that, if you've already signed up to a group, that's fine. We've registered that. So if you're interested and you just want to go onto the website and register for Fast Track, then we'll know the numbers of people who want to go along. Or if you'd like to speak to Mike further about what Fast Track is, then I'm sure he'd be happy to do that. So we really want these groups to be a success. If you put the next slide up, please, Katie, where everyone's involved, everybody's serving, playing their part, flourishing, that you're happy to be at, that you're happy to invite your friends along to. And, and we, we so believe 2019 that we're going, it's, it's going to be a year of harvest for us. I believe God is going to add to us this year, and we need, in the right way, the nets, the right nets, to be able to hold the catch. And this is part of being fit for purpose, if you like, to, for growth um, going into 2019. So groups for hundreds of newcomers. And I want us to look at some keys to success. So if you pop the next slide up, there you go. Romans 12, 5 says this. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, but we all belong to each other. We are all parts of one. We all belong to one another. We all belong to one another. So if you have a little look around at the moment, people that you're sitting with this morning, they belong to you and you belong to them. Quite a thought, isn't it? And... God wants us to understand, I think, in a, in a fresh and a new way, how significant the body of Christ really is. Yeah, that's right. And how important your part is yeah. in the role that God has for you to play in the body. Okay? God wants us to understand that. And this is the positional truth. You know, Paul loves to do that. He loves to present positional truth, revelation, to say, this is who God is. This is who you are. Yeah. This is the truth. You may not feel like it, but guess what? This is the truth. And in the light of this truth, then he goes on to talk about practice. This is how you should live. We can't live a certain way unless we know who we are. We can't live up to our identity unless we know what our identity is. And God wants us first to understand who we are. And here's the truth. We're all part of one body and we all belong to one another. And the body of Christ matters above all else. There's a story of a guy who's worked really hard. He's invested all of his life into making money and he's finally got his brand new Ferrari and he pulls up and parks up his Ferrari on the side of the road and he's, he just wants everybody to look at him and admire him. And he just, the smell of new car just fills his nostrils and he feels good about himself. And he opens the car door and as soon as he opens the car door, another car passes by and it smashes the, his car door off its hinges and bumps it down the road. And the man jumps out of the car and he shouts down the road at this kind of thoughtless other driver that had ruined his dream and his car. And, and a passerby is watching and, and witnesses it and he walks over to the man and he says, wow, you must really love your car because you've not realized that during this accident your arm's been ripped off. <laughs> and the man turns and looks and sees this big gaping hole where his arm was and blood pouring out and he says, oh no, not my Rolex as well. <laughs> 
you know, we can get caught so, so caught up in the world and in material things and natural things, we actually lose sight of what's most important, and it's the body. He was more interested in his Ferrari, his Rolex, and his arm. But actually, God wants the body to matter to us and for us to understand how important I am in my part of the body and also how important you are to me in the body as well. I need you. I need you. (laughs) Mike, I need you. Paddy, I need you. I need Mary, I need you. I need your insight. I need your encouragement. I need the gift that's in you. I need your perspective. I need your experience. I need your wisdom to help me grow. And, and you need me. I don't have it all. Even Chris Alton doesn't have it all. Most of it. But we need one another. And that's why the groups are so important. The body needs one another. I'm a physiotherapist as, as a, in my training, and Michelle is here, another physiotherapist. We kind of need every bit of our bodies, don't we? Rich is a medical practitioner, would you agree? Yeah. Every part is important. And therefore, if you're part of the body, you're important. And making life groups then a priority is key in us expressing the understanding that we have of the significance of the body of Christ and our part to play within it. Miles Monroe says, our life is the sum total of all the decisions we make every day, and those decisions are determined by our priorities. Our life is the sum total of all the decisions we make every day, and those decisions are determined by our priorities. Somebody once said, action expresses priorities. What's most important to you is what you'll do. Mike said, you make time for the things that are most important. And, and I want to encourage us to really value and make a priority being part of the groups, which actually means going. And when you're going, wanting to be there and, and really giving yourself. And, and so there's these, these few verses in Romans 12 I just wanted us to look at. And all of them are tied in with affection. You know, God... Jesus suggested to his disciples, he said, he said, guys, if you're up for it, could you have a go at loving one another, please? It would look really good if you could just have a crack at it. Is that what Jesus says? No, he says, this command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. You must love one another. Wow. And how do we express that love? We express it by being together rather than You know, the way that I express my love towards Sarah is being physically present, making Sarah my priority, prioritizing our relationship, prioritizing what she needs and what she wants as as a, a revelation of my love towards her. And God wants us to have a real affection for one another, and he wants us to appreciate one another, accept one another, and assist one another. Romans 12 verse 10 says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, give preference to one another in honor. That word devoted is the word philostorgos. I probably said that really badly. But it's Greek, and it just means familiar love, the love between a parent and children, children and parents, brothers and sisters. And he goes on to say, with brotherly love, that word is Philadelphia. It means a love that's relational. We are part of a family, and we want the groups to reveal family, to honor one another, to appreciate one another, to really value one another highly. That for our leaders, those who are leading groups, could you just give me a wave if you're you're going to be leading a group in the next six months? Not leaving, leading, yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for volunteering. 
If you're part of a group, can I ask you to do this? Honor those who are leading your life group. How can you do that? Respond when they message. Be there. Take the initiative. When you come to life group, bring something. Even if it's just a cheery smile and a chipper step. Whatever it might be. That we bless our leaders, that we speak well of one another, that we speak well to one another, that we think the best of one another, that we pray for one another. Romans 13:8, owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. We have an obligation to love one another. And Romans 16:16, 16, 16, greet one another with a holy kiss. There's a demonstration of our affection to appreciate one another. Secondly, to accept one another. Romans 12:16 says, be of the same mind towards one another. Do not be haughty in mind. It's the same word. But associate with the lowly. Be wise in your own estimation. Well, the New Living puts it this way. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. But I love the fact that when we come together, we can be like-minded. There are so many differences between us, aren't there? I mean, most of you here are English. And I'm Welsh. Thanks, Stephen. I love you too. But there's something that is... I'm proud to be Welsh, and I'm sure you're proud to be English or British, but there's something that joins us together that's far greater than any nationality or sense of where you're from. It's this, we have the same mind about who Jesus is and who we are as a result of who Jesus is, that we, we understand something that's far greater than any academic studies or any football team or any hobby but actually we're like-minded we understand the same truth Jesus is Lord Jesus is Lord that we make room for one another we make space for one another Romans 15 7 says accept one another listen to this (laughs) accept one another just as Christ has accepted you we've been worshiping Jesus Christ this morning And when I think about Jesus Christ, when I think about the Son of God, the Eternal One, through whom everything was made, everything was created through Him, by Him, and for Him. When He came and lived an earthly life, when He became flesh, He put aside His godliness, God-godness, if you like, and He lived as a man, but He lived a perfect life. Jesus is perfect. He's the perfect specimen He knows everything. There is nothing he doesn't know. He's conquered everything. There's nothing that is greater than him. He's perfect in every way, and yet he's chosen to accept me. He's chosen to accept me with my limitations and my flaws and my failings and my weaknesses and my lack and my foolishness and and all of the things where I... And my strengths and my good points, but he's chosen to fully and completely accept me. Therefore, I have no right to do anything other than do exactly the same towards everyone else that he's also accepted. That if I make any judgment, my judgment is not on you, it's how I am towards you. My judgment is not on you, it's how I am towards you. That we accept one another that we don't judge one another anymore, but rather we determine, we judge this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother's way. Not to condemn one another, but to live in such a way 
that will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. You know those two words, stumble and fall? One is to trip, the other is to trap. If you look at those words, an obstacle is to trip, and a stumbling block actually is to trap. And in Romans 14, Paul writes and he says, don't let the way that you live cause others to stumble and fall. Don't let your conscience, the things that you believe are right and wrong, don't impose those on others if they go beyond what the word says. Live in line with your conscience, absolutely, but there are some things you cannot impose on others. Be gracious towards one another. Understand we have different levels of faith. We have different grace. We have different gifts. We have different capacities that we're different. Yes, there are things that join us together, but also there's a grace towards one another. And there's nothing that I do that will cause you to trip or will make you trapped. Paul writes and he says, sometimes you might do something that will lead somebody into license. They'll behave in a way that will violate their conscience and therefore for them it will be sin. And that is to trip somebody up. And in other ways, so Paul says, or you'll fall into legalism. And you'll live in such a way that you'll say, these things are the only way that you can please God. And suddenly you trap someone. And in how we relate to one another, let us never trip and let us never trap, but let us lead by example, live in good conscience, but live with an acceptance for one another and the work that God is doing in our lives. And when that happens, oh, God's heart is so blessed. I've said this before, very few things bring joy to my heart more than seeing our kids get on. I love to see... um, I, don't, I hope Isaac doesn't... I'm going to say something, Isaac, okay? But for Martha, on Martha's birthday, Isaac did a little treasure hunt for Martha to do in the morning to find the present that he got, got her. And I just thought, he's gone out of his way to do something, to show his sister that he's thought of her and he loves her. And, and I, my heart, and I know for Sarah as well, they're like, that's just so lovely. Yeah. And I would... I mean, I love my sister to bits. I never made you a treasure hunt, did I? I'm really Sorry. I felt, I felt chuffed and condemned at the same time. How's that? <laughs> but you know, as we're in the groups together and as we appreciate one another, as we accept one another, God looks on that, on that afternoon or that evening or that morning. And isn't it amazing to think God will, God's eyes will be on us yeah. and he'll look at his people getting on and his heart will just yeah. swell with joy. Yeah. I love that thought. Now may the God who gives perseverance or patience and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind. There it is again, like-minded with one another according to Christ Jesus. There will be times in your group when you will need patience. And there will be times when you need encouragement. I'm going to say this. Ask God for those things. There will be times where somebody might say something that upsets you, offends you, or they don't say something that upsets you or offends you, or they do something that upsets you or offends you, or they don't do something. You know, you get my drift. No group is perfect. No individual within that group is perfect. We need patience. We need grace. And that in itself is an evidence of the goodness of God. And when brothers dwell together in unity, God says, blessing! Because we choose to live in harmony with one another. We appreciate with affection, we accept with affection, and we assist with affection. That we're just there to help. 
that you're just, you just say, I'm going there to play my part. I'm just going to go and be helpful. I'm going to go and I'm going to make the... I'm, I'm not hosting tonight, but I'm going to go and I'm going to put the kettle on if it's not already on. I'm going to get some cups out because I know where they are. If I don't, I'm going to search. I'll probably offend the host, but... That when, it, when life group's finished, I'm going to go and I'm going to start picking up some plates. I'm going to help them through into the kitchen. I'm going to take the cake. I wasn't even on the rotor to do it. But just, I want to go and I want to help. I'm here to assist. I'm here to play my part. I'm here just to surprise and bless the socks off everybody else. Anybody wear socks to life group? All the time. God is good all the time. You wear socks to life group all the time. So. That we aim for harmony. We build each other up. You know, that word build each other up is to not only build up the, build the foundations, it's not even just to put the walls in place, but it's to finish the building until the very top of the roof is finished off. It means that in my heart, all I want to see is will come into everything that God's got for him. And I'm going to invest in him until the eaves are on, the tiles are on, the chimney stack is up, and it might be taller than my house, but I don't care. I'm here to build up his house. I'm here to help. I'm here to assist. I'm here to put into will whatever I can to see him come into all that God's got for him. Imagine a group where everybody goes with that intent. Wow. And concerning you, Romans 15, 14, my brethren, and I, I, I share Paul's part in this. I'm, nearly, I'm, I'm, I'm almost finished now. I just want to say this. I, this is what I believe. I was thinking about the church this morning. I was thinking about us and you and, and the groups and the leaders and, and the groups that are forming. I am fully convinced, my dear brothers and sisters, that you are full of goodness. I am fully convinced, my dear brothers and sisters, that you are full of goodness. You know these things so well, you can teach each other all about them. I don't think I've said anything that you don't already know or you don't already believe. I don't believe I've said things that aren't already being outworked and expressed. I'm convinced of the goodness that is in each one of you because each one of us has the Holy Spirit. And that itself is an incredible starting point. But at everything that we do, as these groups grow, they start strong. And from that point of strength, they go from strength to strength. That's my prayer for every group. And so in everything that we do, as we make these groups a success, that we go. And that when we go, we go to give. And that when we go, we go to give and we go to get. That when we go, we go to give, we go to get, and we go to gather. And that when we go, we go to give, we go to get, we go to gather, and we go to grow. That's God's heart for our groups. Could we stand together, please? I just, just want to pray for us and, and just bless what God's going to do in us over these coming months, over this year. And just fix your eyes on Jesus, please, right now. Just think about him. Think about Jesus Christ. Think about him being seated right now at the right hand of the Father. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. All of his enemies are being made a footstool for his feet. He's King of kings and he's Lord of lords. And here we are this morning, his body on earth. He's the head. We're his body. 
He's the cornerstone. We're the, the temple, the building. He goes before us. He's the firstborn. We are his brothers and sisters. We are so blessed this afternoon. We are such a blessed people. We are such a blessed people. Lord Jesus, we honor you this morning. We thank you that we are part of your body. We thank you for the privilege of being part of your body. We thank you, Lord, that you are calling us to do not just what you did, but even greater things, you said, Lord, that we will do. Lord, we thank you that you've not left us, but you've sent us your Holy Spirit. And that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of unity and the spirit of peace. And Lord, I pray that you, the source of hope, I pray that you will completely, Lord, fill us with joy and peace as we trust in you. And Lord, I pray in the groups that there will be an overflow of confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. That, Lord, our groups will be places of overflow, places of life, that we would be that river bursting its banks, Lord, and bringing life, Lord, not just into our homes, but into our communities, into our workplaces, into our schools, into our universities, into our shopping centers, into our world, Lord, that you would transform the world through us, we pray. For your glory, Lord. For your glory. Lord, we just bless one another right now. Just to proclaim a blessing over each other right now. We say, Lord, let there be peace as we've already established. Let that endure. Let there be strength. Let there be health. Let there be a refreshing. Let there be power. Let there be prosperity in every way. Let there be wholeness. Let there be love for one another right now, I pray. Holy Spirit, Lord, we just bless you and we honor you. And we say, Lord, in our groups, in our lives, in every area, be glorified, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church, and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.